You're listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. Run It Again is an inside look at the players, the coaches, and the business of sports with former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. And two minutes later, I was back in the same Oklahoma drill that I got the concussion from. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on turf, Coach Mike Marks. And we want to force him into a vanilla defense and go to work. Run It Again is a hard-hitting, no BS podcast that connects you directly to the source. This is Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz. What a crazy week, first of all. So the Chiefs and Bills finally get their game taken care of, all right, after it gets pushed and, and it, it got played Monday. Um, and the Bills at home against Kansas City, but Kansas City – Somehow got their run game going, even though Le'Veon Bell is on his way in. But I guess they they didn't give that memo to uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because he had a heck of a day, 161 yards rushing. And it it looked like, Mike, that one coach figured out before the other coach figured out that my superstar quarterback will not be the guy that actually wins this game. The run game will win this game. Well, there's some things I was really disappointed about in watching the Bills. I've been a big fan of theirs, and, and of course, Kansas City too. But I was disappointed. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a a real good example that the Raiders did against Kansas City in terms of confusing the quarterback and kind of doing some things and pressuring him. And they yeah. played that game on defense like they're afraid of him, so they rushed mm-hmm. for and they tried to play coverage. Well, he they're gonna. Yeah, you know, he's just not going to let that happen. You know, you're just going to gash in the running game. You know, you have four guys back, two safeties and two corners. Any self-respecting offensive corner is going to run the football until they prove you can stop them, you know, with the seven guys up front. And that's what they did. Yeah. You know, it was pretty simple on defense. They didn't change things up for them. And they kind of had their way with them. Then on the other, on the flip side of it, you know, Buffalo is has always been, to me, since he's been there as a head coach, a real physical team. They're like 20, what is it, 23rd or 25th, somewhere in the bottom of the league in rushing. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. and it, 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 that's not who they are. They've gotten away from it. And then they, they, I just felt like they just were playing not to lose the game instead of just letting that kid play. And then when they let him play at the, at the end there, he caught fire a little bit, talking about the quarterback. And right. I just didn't think that they went into that game I just didn't like what they were doing, to be honest with you. And I'm not saying it's bad coaching. I just think what they decided to do, um, you know, kind of in big games like that, it comes up to bite you. You got to let things hang out in big games like that. I don't think they did that. Yeah, and the weather, of course, you're in Buffalo now. It's it's going to play a part, and it did. And that's what I was referring to uh, at the beginning there. It just you know, raining. Now, now it's stopped. Now it's worse. Now the wind picks up a little bit, and here we go. So, but you know what, yeah. Ron? It, it's raining and windy on the other sideline too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. it doesn't change how you do defense, and you know, it just doesn't. And because of that, you'd have thought that they had to rush the ball a little bit better. I just, yeah, at, Andy, at home, yeah, yeah, you're right. at home. I think they just got a little flustered early, and they just didn't know they didn't know how to respond, particularly on defense. You know, they couldn't. When they started blitzing him with some of the run blitzes at the end, they hit him in the mouth. But And they, they had to do that. And then for some reason at the very end, they played on a critical down down there. They played coverage, and, of course, they gashed him. So um, they got to figure that out. you know. And people that play Chiefs, Andy's one step ahead of them. He's obviously, he's brilliant, does a great job of all the experience and whatnot. And um, and Eric Bieniemy is, I think, is doing a phenomenal job. He'll be a head coach here next year. But, um, you know, it's just – I just did not – I thought they got real conservative for the first part of the half of the game yeah. and tried not to lose it and said just, hey, let's go get this. Yeah, Mahomes, very efficient. Uh, you know, you can call him shorter passes, middle of the field pass, whatever. He's, he's efficient. Uh, 21 completions out of 26 attempts, 225 yards, 128 quarterback rating. Not quite the same on the other side for Allen, uh, 122 yards. Total passing, uh, 73 quarterback rating. But uh, you know one thing I noticed? They, okay, so Josh Allen is a big, physical, strong guy. We, we've seen that all year thus far, especially when they played the Rams. He's you know putting his 
hand in the face of guys like Aaron Donald and swatting linemen away. And he ran the ball. He was the leading rusher. He had eight carries for 42 yards, and they did a lot of quarterback plan stuff with him. So my question, Mike, to you is, uh, okay, so even if you've got a physical guy like this, how long do you keep doing this before you risk getting him busted up? Even I know he's strong and big and all that, but the guys on in this league hit. I think that was a game plan. I think that was their thought because Kansas City showed so much pressure against yeah. the Raiders, and they were gutted. Yeah. Kansas City went into this game, and uh, they laid off initially, and and uh, so their deal was, hey, we're gonna you're gonna do that. You can't account for the quarterback and. They got fooled. They didn't adjust. I, I don't think that's something that they'll do next week on a regular basis. I think that was a Kansas City deal for what they did yeah. on defense. Okay. You know, what I don't understand, Ron, is w- when you get a team like Kansas City that blitzes you and you come out and you line up in a static set and squeeze the receivers down real close, what that does, it makes everybody a potential blitzer. So in your protections, you don't know who to count for. It brings everyone closer to the ball. And yeah, the so it, yeah. And so what they were doing, too, on those on – those, they brought – you, you've done this too, automatic corner blitz. Uh-huh. Reduce set, just let the corner come off, and they nailed the back in the backfield a couple of times. With it. And it's, you, you know, and so that whole thought process of going two by two with two wide receivers on each side or tight ends, whoever those guys are, and then squeezing way down this reduced set, it just didn't make any sense to me against a blitzing team. They can, you know, the number count gets all, everybody is in the count now. If you spread them out, they got to show you more or less who's a potential blitzer. Yeah, they define themselves. They do. That's right. They do. And and now everybody, even the safeties are down in there tight. You don't know if they're coming. So it just didn't make sense to me. It, I, did, I didn't like what they did at all. And maybe they'll, I don't know. I hate being critical of coaching because I've been there so many times. And, right. But the one thing they did not do, when you're getting, you've got to change. If what they're doing is stopping you, you've got to find an avenue and change. And they came out in the second half and let him throw it down the field a little bit, and he threw some BBs down. He's the guy that will define wind and rain with the arm that he's got. you got to let him that's play true. a little bit. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but before we move on here, we've got to address this this topic. So Le'Veon Bell, he, he's he's now a chief and didn't play as he can't play yet. Um, but you'll, you'll see him soon. Do you like this pickup? And if you do, tell me why. If you don't, tell me why. Well, I do like it uh, because he's a different runner than what they have. He's more of a powerful guy. Um, it just creates, uh, you know, some of the running planes become a little bit more efficient, if you will, particularly inside. He's just such a dynamic runner in some of those gap plays. And uh, you have yeah. two diverse runners now, completely different styles. And yeah. defensively, it creates problems for you. Yeah, you know that being the secondary, you know, he, he, you know, you've got to come up and tackle these guys. It's different, right? Right. Yeah, and, and see, the Hilaire guy is, you know, you better come up and and get your feet chopping, okay? Because he he's going to break an ankle. He he put a move on on a kid, and I was like, whew, boy, you know that that was uh, I've seen that before firsthand. So yeah, you're right in that that vein. Now people got to remember Damian Williams, who who. Uh, Opted out this year for the Chiefs, had a nice Super Bowl. You know, that was a kid that, that uh, broke a couple tackles and, and had a couple touchdowns late in the game there. It kind of broke the game open in the Super Bowl for him. He opted out this year. His mother has cancer, didn't feel safe uh, you know, about going through the season and all. And, and so th- that was another thing. I think eventually Andy Reid felt like eventually I've got to get someone in here to, as what you said, a change of pace guy. Well, Nalera is, is not a big guy. He's a, yeah. and those guys can get dinged pretty easily, as you know. That that does happen. So you got to edge your bet. That's why we drafted Stephen Jackson and and whatnot at the round because you do, you know, the durability. Marshall was never a big guy. You know, he's two hundred six, two hundred nine pounds, and you know uh, the wear and tear on you. So you you if you don't do due diligence with that, and you lose that player that's such a dynamic piece of your offense then you've held this team a hostage. So right. now if they lose them, they've got an alternative that's doable and can keep their running game. And they've, they've ramped up that running game. And right now it's a two-headed monster. I don't, you know, they learned their lesson against the Raiders. You know, they, you know, the defensively what they did, just they didn't, they didn't change like you know, probably should have. And uh, they learned their lesson. But this, this is really a good football team, as you know. 
We were chatting before we came on a little bit about the Cardinals and Cowboys, and whew, man, I, I I am officially getting off at the next stop, which it may or may not be Willoughby, but I'm getting off there because I, I can't I can't push the Cowboys anymore. Season started, Mike. I was on that wagon. They were serving drinks and and, and hors d'oeuvres, and I was taking it, man. I was drinking the, the Kool Aid. But what I'm seeing now is just indescribable. It's just totally a listless, unmotivated team, and I don't. There's just a lack of leadership there someplace, and you, you know, you can blame Jerry, and maybe he's to blame for all of it. But at some point, these coaches got to step up and take. You know, they, they've got to get these guys going. That's part the, the, of the being energy's a coach. weird. Yeah, it is. The, the yeah. energy's what? It's like. What did you say? It's independent contractors. That's what it looks like. It's well, that's it looks how, like that's, twenty-two guys going diff- twenty-two different directions. It's kind of been that way since Jerry's been there. He, and the, I think as the years go by, he gets more and more involved in a lot of the decisions. You know, when the head coach says, "Hey, we're going to take a look at the kicker," we might change, and then uh, fifteen minutes later, the owner says, "We're not changing anything." It, it just undermines everything. So, um, you know, that happened a couple of years ago with Jason Garrett was the head coach. It just and that's just a, a small piece of it, but it's kind of like Ron uh, junior high school, not even elementary school, but junior high school. Whenever you had a substitute teacher, that's kind of like what the room was like right now down at the Cowboys. You know, they they just know there's just no accountability. You know, and and nobody's stepping up and taking charge, and that's Mike's job. He's just got to do that. He's not a, a a real vocal guy. I know he's a tough guy and all that, but somehow, some way. You got to make these guys accountable. And I don't like where they are in the running game at all. I don't like their runs. I don't like what they do with that back. I, I've said this from the very beginning. It's more of a cross-the-set kind of a deal and all the shotgun. He's not a shotgun runner. You get behind the center, turn around, let him have the ball quickly, and he'll blow it up. And you just got to keep doing that. And then it's kind of a hunt-and-peck running game. I just don't like it. I just yeah. And it drives me nuts watching – it's like having a Mercedes in the garage with no tires on it. You know? It just doesn't just make any sense to me. <laughs> it's like Lewis Hamilton's Formula One Mercedes in the, in the yeah. garage with no right. tires. Yeah. Whoa, boy. They put a lot of money in that thing, and it's just sitting there. Yeah, uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 12 rushes for 49 whopping yards. Meanwhile, Kenyon Drake. Uh, 20 attempts, 164, 8.2 yards of carry. Well, the, the problems are so diverse on that on this Cowboy team that you, you almost don't know where to begin. And, and one thing that keeps circulating in my mind over and over is, did you get rid of too many coaches? Uh, you, got, you got rid of uh, the defensive coordinator, okay? You, you got rid of the uh, passing game coordinator, that was Chris Richard. All right. So both of them were, were gone. Uh, you know, obviously you changed your head coach and, and a couple other people. You brought in, you brought in a heck of a special teams coach and a pretty good kicker. You know, he shanked one off to the right yesterday, last night. So I, you know, I, I, I just, it, it, I don't know where to start on that. This team. It just, it's right, mind boggling. So let, let me ask you this. If, if they brought in Bill Belichick, who's arguably one of the best ever, right? If they brought him in and he still had to check with uh, the owner on practice schedules and whether or not that guy's good, how, how good do you think they'd be? Yeah, no, you, you can't do that. You, you got to allow the leadership to be to exhibit and exercise your leadership. Yeah. And when you stifle that, then you'll never win. They'll never win. They will never win until that dynamic changes. Oh, my gosh. No, no. Andy Dalton threw 54 times, sacked three times. He's a sore dog this morning, I guarantee you. Yeah, and I don't care whether they're down – they fumble twice and they're down 21 to three or whatever. You still – that's happened to me before. and It happened to us in the NFC Championship against uh, Philadelphia. You know, they, they've stopped us in our passing. you got to come out and grind it. And you got to get you guys back in the game physically. Uh, happened to us out in Seattle. We're down by three or four touchdowns. Come back and went in overtime. We did it by coming out and grinding it. You got you can't pay attention to that score. It's a physical game, and when you guys stop being physical, you got no chance. So explain this though. How is it that Dak Prescott could uh, you know leave the game here you know for this season 
what the numbers he has and the offensive numbers that they're putting up. They're, they're putting up numbers. Kellen Morris, the offensive coordinator, they're putting up all kind of numbers, but they're doing everything except two things, scoring and winning. Well, you have to be sensitive to what's going on on defense. And you've got to complement each other, obviously. So mm. um, I just think that the numbers are important to him for some reason. That's a terrible thing to say, but – I don't know. Maybe he thinks he's going to uh, be a head coach from this or something. I, I don't know. But at all, I tell you what I do know it is a good example of how good Dak really is. Now, if there was any doubt, any doubt in Jerry's mind about paying this guy and giving him the money, <laughs> it, it ought to be gone by now. Yeah. And then, right, it's been one game, but that that was, you know, they didn't play a great team. On Monday, I can't. Please, we can't please. What well, yeah, two game leaving, uh, two game win, uh, losing streak or whatever? And they yeah, you know, yeah. they're in the quarterback. Uh, Murray, he he didn't play well. He hit that big play, but and he made some great runs, but he missed a lot of throws. Now, yeah, you know, and they were able to, you know, just hand the ball off and average eight yards a carry. You're not going to win any games. The team gives you four turnovers or three, whatever it is, and they're you're averaging eight yards or rush. You got no chance. No, no. So the cards with the win, 38-10. Elsewhere, what other games stood out for you from this weekend, Mike? Well, the obvious one, uh, you know, the Packers and and Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I know where you're going to go with this one. Yeah, so. And you should. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, it started with the little hip thrust dance that he did. Uh, after one of the touchdowns, we're talking Aaron Rodgers here, and I think they went up ten nothing. And I, I think he was, he was feeling a little too good, and and uh, he let his guard down. And I, I don't know. I, I, I went back, and I'm, I haven't had a chance to look at the uh, the interception for a touchdown uh, in, in the coverage and everything. I've seen it on TV copy, but you know we like to break things down on the coach's copy where I can really see. It looked like, remember we've been talking about this soft two, that slough two that yeah. some of these corners are playing. And even if it were a quarters coverage, it wasn't as much of a gamble as I think the announcers were saying. I I, I don't know. I, I think, that first of all, that kid was looking in the backfield, all right? And Aaron threw that ball before Adams made the cut. And Adams didn't have a good game. Adams looks sluggish. You know, he's coming off injury or whatever, but he looked out of sync. And 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 I think Aaron let him have it on the sideline one time. But bottom line is that went pick six and that changed the game. He did. You know, I think it was I didn't see the coverage as probably if he's cluing him hard, as you know, it's probably quarter coverage. Corner yeah. can sit way outside and just clue the and yeah. he saw his helmet come that way. Once his feet are set, as you know, and the helmet and his shoulders are lined up that way, the ball's coming out. You yeah. don't have to back up anymore. And I think he got to jump regardless of when it was thrown. He just got to jump. That's right, Mike. And he was pinned against the sideline. The ball was on the right. hash mark. Yeah. The safety's close to him. Heck, I'm going to take a chance on it. I, I might even say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping this one. Yeah. So being safety doesn't have very far to go on the, uh, on the out and up. But I think part of the issue, too, is I, I think people – may not realize how good Tampa really is on defense. You know, we said that in the very beginning of the year when I watched them. Uh, Tampa Bay, the receivers ran fast for the first time that I've seen them play. I know that sounds silly, but the, the really good teams, those receivers, they just go. They just go. And these guys, they look energized and they look like they run full speed all the time. And that's so hard, a quarterback that's used to Guys competing at the highest level, and then all of a sudden taking breaks, and now you know you can't make those throws. And then yeah. you, you remember we talked earlier about uh, you know, the tight end quarterback combination, and knowing where that the body language, the guy he knows he's going to run hard. You look at a couple of throws that he makes in that game, even though his numbers weren't great. Not many quarterbacks make those throws. You know, there's just a handful of them in the league right now that are. But right now he's he's so accurate, and they've taken some of those out routes out of the equation, fortunately. So um, I think the offense is coming up to his standard. And defensively, I think they're real good. Did Rodgers get a little cocky, as I'm suggesting? Or 
I think there, I think here. some of the parts around him more than that. You know, I don't think the yeah. receiver play was very good. Yeah, I just don't think they were very good, and I, I, I think that uh, defensively they just did a great job on him, and they weren't prepared for that. And you take the, that that happens. It just happens. It's a long season, and to think that this is kind of a a, a trend for them that's just not the case at all. Uh, yeah. What I'll be interested in is just uh, I don't know. I I would want to play him next week. I guess is what I'm saying. No, that's right. What worries me about Green Bay is. And we talked about this. We talked about it draft night. Draft night. If one guy plays well, this team plays well. If one guy doesn't play well, this team doesn't play well. And the Tampa Bay game was another perfect example of that. And it fuels the argument of you've got to give Aaron Rodgers more help. I don't know uh, with any other quarterback in the league other than maybe Russell Wilson and some other couple of Mahomes and some of those guys where this team would be with even a really good quarterback. I mean, he's just that exceptional. He right. just is, you know, yeah. and it's some of the things that he can do is are outrageous. So yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with him at the end of the season. Uh, we'll see, you know, yeah. <laughs> to be continued. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. You're, you, you don't want to be that next team that plays someone after, a, a not, not these can, guys. Yeah, not, not him. Not I don't, and I don't really care who it is that they're playing. I think they'll, they'll amp this one up. Yeah, that's right. Well, Rogers, he had a 35 quarterback rating. I know he wasn't, doesn't want to see that number anymore, and probably won't. But running the ball didn't help. Uh, they uh, only 34 yards rushing by Williams and 31 by Dylan. So that'll, that'll be something they have to improve on. Uh, the Browns in Pittsburgh. I had a feeling. This is how the day would go for Cleveland because they were fly, fighting uh, injury and flu all week long last week. Odell Beckham didn't practice. He was sent home for three days, so you knew that was a walking disaster. Uh, and it didn't uh, – Mayfield didn't look right. He didn't look comfortable. He didn't look uh, whatever you want to call it all – all day long, and I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and that's a big rivalry game now. You you walk in there, they, those teams don't like each other. That one goes back a long way, and uh, Browns are never in the game. No, and I think the biggest issue is the uh, the pressure that he felt immediately. Uh, you know, when his back foot hit to set and throw the football. He was there. Were people just collapsed all over him? Yeah, and that was from the very beginning. And he's not a very tall guy at all. So, what Pittsburgh did is against guys like that, you make them stay inside. And by that, I mean they usually you pass rushers will rush to the point of attack and you know where he's set and and uh, you know there's an aiming point that they have. These rushers were more upfield and squeezed it so that. They can run him by, but what happens is it gets so close to him yeah. and he can't bail like he wants to bail. They take that away from him. And you do that with, you know, we still have the breeze too. And then he's short enough where the inside pressure will get to him. You know, he wants to move around in there. And at times he wants to bail out. You just take all that away from him. And now he gets flustered, starts to look at the protection a little bit, which always is a, the sign of the end in that game for any quarterback. Yeah, you say that's the sign of the end. The end is near. <laughs> you right. start looking at that pressure. Yeah, two interceptions for Baker. Uh, hey, there's always next week, as they say, in the Pittsburgh five and zero. They're rolling. You know, just just playing that 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 dirty grind football Pittsburgh style. You know, like us, love us, hate us, whatever. Don't like Ben. That's fine. They don't care. We're sticking with Big Ben and and. They're going to keep winning games, or at least try to. I tell you what they're sticking with. They are grinding it out, buddy. I mean, they are running the football and playing great yeah. defense. And that's, you know, that's the old, you know. Old school that's the old formula. Yeah, it's old school football, buddy. And that's that's kind of where they are. And this is the time of year for it. Yeah. All right. Here's a team that I'm liking a lot right now. They pull out a win in overtime, uh, Tennessee. Man, so is it is it possible to to not practice very much and then go out and start kicking butt? Because that's what Tennessee has done. As soon as COVID supposedly hit the locker room, they they took off. Man, they've been on a tear now, I and mean, they've won the last two games. Yeah, and I think the rest that 
for the rest of the players, I think the rest has helped them uh, recover. Yeah. Uh, a buy in the in the sixth and seventh week of the season, we, and we had a number of those, was really helpful for us. And I yeah. think a, that little respite probably did help them. Um, but again, you know, we talked at the beginning of the season here about the running game in that back and how impressive. And he he may end up being an MVP of the league. And that's been a long he time sure. since the runners done that. Yeah, right. I mean, he's on a roll right now, 264 yards rushing. And I I, I meant to say they, they've looked great the last two weeks. They're 5-0. and oh, So, yeah, they've definitely won the last two weeks. But they've, they've won in, in prime style the last two weeks here. And it doesn't seem like anybody can stop him. It doesn't seem like anyone can stop uh, Derrick Henry, like you say. No, you take he takes that little Bo Jackson breaking out of there. Here's a big old oh, dude that you figure oh. he doesn't have that long – that home run speed and he, he yeah. proved he did. Yeah. You know, it's a, they're, they're a heck of a team right now, boy. And the quarterback is real efficient playing well. And so they're, how, they're really good. <laughs> how good is Tannehill? Is, is Henry making him better than he really is? I think, I think they've done a great job of coaching there. They might be doing, I think, you look at like four or five clubs in the league to me uh, that really do week in, week out, just a great job of preparation and changing during the game. And that's, um, you know, I think Mike, I think Vrabel has just done a phenomenal job in preparation, their game planning, their adjustment during the game and doing what it takes to win. He just doesn't come in with something. Here's what we're doing. They'll change. They'll morph into whatever they got to do. And, and I think, you know, the, the personality, his personality down at the Cowboys would change them. They wouldn't have a choice. Jerry Jones wouldn't have a choice. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, he's a tough, tough, tough blue collar dude, buddy. And you, you just, you know, and guys like him and they follow him. You know, he's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. It helps when they're, you're running back and rip off 95 yard touchdown runs. That, uh, but you know what? Here's, and I will say this about that he's been around for a while. You know, right. That's what you and, don't see. Guys are a little, little gray around the sides. They usually can't pull that one off. So here he is. Here's a coach that recognized who this guy is and put him front and center. So you got to give him some credit for that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Derrick Henry, 22 carries, 212 yards rushing. Something about those Alabama guys, fifth year in the league, uh, they, they play some pretty good football down that way, I guess. Yes, uh, indeed. <laughs> I guess they, yes, they do. Uh, all right. Let's move on here. And uh, all right. So Rams and 49ers. Man. So y- you're playing your divisional rival. And not only are they your rival, uh, if you're the Rams, they, they are the team that represented your division and your conference in the Super Bowl for the NFC last year. So you kind of think that there would be a little extra fire in your pants when you went up there and played them in prime time, right? But yes, Ram, the Rams didn't look like that to me. You, you know, Ron, this is an age-old problem, uh, especially for young players. I think when you see a team that has floundered mm-hmm. for several weeks before you play them, and obviously the quarterback position was a real issue last week, uh, you kind of prepare for that team. And then that team doesn't show up. A different team shows up, yeah. and you get shell shocked a little bit. And you know, and I was I was surprised by Garoppolo's performance. I think he was outstanding. In fact, I think special recognition, you know, for him uh, is three touchdowns. He's eight yards per pass attempt. You know, that's <laughs> that's really freaky good. You know, and seventy yeah. percent and all that good stuff. So he's. He had one of those performances that you'd expect a Super Bowl quarterback to have. And up to this point, he hasn't played like that. Yeah, and they kept it simple for him, though, Mike. They, they clearly weren't going to let him lose the game, especially early, I thought. Well, I don't, you know, and I, I think some of the throws that he made, he, he was, there was no, my big deal with him in the past is he would hold it sometimes and look indecisive. There was none yeah. of that. So maybe there's yeah. some truth to what you're saying. And I think Kyle may be one of those guys that has a long list when he goes into a game. Maybe he's pared that down a little bit. But I'll yeah. tell you, when he threw it, it, it came out quick, and it was between the numbers. So he was – it looked like he was having a good time, which was really good. Yeah, 268 yards passing. Uh, no picks, three touchdowns. You know, you, you got no picks. You always got a chance to win. Uh, 
I thought they ran the ball well, and then Mostert got hurt, and I I I felt like okay, the Rams are going to make a push here. But Goff looked off to me. Um, missed Cooper Cup a couple times, and then Cup dropped the ball one time. And they, I didn't. Here's what I didn't see, Mike. I didn't see the usual Ram tempo, and you've talked about this a lot. That 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 that. That speed, that pace, that pace, playing fast. I didn't see that. They looked choppy, felt choppy. Maybe that's a part of what you're saying coming into this game, mentally not being there. And I thought Shanahan did a, a really good job. I thought, he, Frankly, I thought he did a better job of coaching on his team than the other guy. No, I think he did. And I think what the reason for that is, and I've been very critical of the 49ers on defense because I think they've, they've made some simple mental errors in their coverages and given up big plays and – they were well disciplined and and tackled so much better than what I've seen in the past. I thought defensively, and I haven't looked at the coach's copy, but perhaps defensively, uh, they were a little bit different than maybe what they were in the past, and that probably threw LA just a little bit of a curveball. Yeah, and uh, they were they were on they clamped down those receivers pretty good, and and when they've done that in the past, they've dropped some guys on crossing routes. Yeah. You know, passing guys off and whatnot, there's been confusion. There was no confusion. They were locked on, and I was really impressed with their corners and their ability to play press and, and uh, cover these receivers down. Yeah, and you know, Richard Sherman's out, 15 guys on the IR list, Bosa out. You would think, uh-oh, this is going to be a disaster. You know, sometimes when your big dogs go out, you find other dogs that can play pretty well. <laughs> I, I, I've seen guys get Wally Pipped like that. Well, you know, the every backup in the league is a starter waiting to happen. You know, that's what mm. you got to look at. So, I mean, they have that helmet on and wear the NFL logo for a reason. They they didn't nobody gave them this. They earned it, and they're there for a reason. So they're capable, and you just got to give them the opportunity. Most of these guys are good players just waiting for an opportunity. Someone told me a, a stat yesterday, uh, and I, I, I couldn't believe it when I heard it. They said George Kittle, who happened to have seven catches for 109 yards against the Rams, and he torches the Rams every time he plays them. He has more yards against the Rams, more receiving yards and catches against the Rams uh, than any other 49er receiver in history. Now, that's a bold Hmm. statement. That's 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 you're talking about Jerry Rice. You're okay, about, now I'm 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 well, to challenge that one because unfortunately, yeah, I, unfortunately, when I first came in the league in the LA at the Rams, I was on the sideline and, and watched <laughs> Jerry Rice and a couple guys uh, torches pretty good. I, I'd have yeah, to that's what check I the numbers on that. I'm one. gonna have to check the numbers on this. Yeah, I, but but George Kittle does seem to beat up on him, and he I does. Know, yeah, yeah, and I tell you what he does do now. He dominates those defensive ends as a run blocker. Yeah, and you right. look at some of the things that was happening for them in the running game. He he's knocking them out of there, which is, I mean, he to me that's the epitome of a great tight end. Physically, you can block a good defensive end by yourself without help, and then you have those receiving skills that he's got. So he's he just need to continue yeah. to get keep him as a priority. All right, coach, we're going to take a quick pause. We'll be back in a moment. Courageous is a word that describes America's veterans. Sadly, another word we can use is homeless. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street. You can help. Donate at CardboardToHeadboard.org. My name is Tracy Sandler, and I'm the host of Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast, a weekly podcast that highlights women who have made a significant impact in the sports industry. Every Thursday, I sit down with one of these amazing, successful women to discuss their professional journey and any advice they have for young women who aspire to follow in their footsteps. This week, I am joined by Senior Vice President of Marketing for the Philadelphia 76ers, Brittany Boyd. Brittany shares her four pillars of success, the importance of being intentional, and the importance of thinking a step ahead. She also highlights collaboration over competition and just how imperative it is to know your worth. This episode is filled with tangible advice that everyone can start using today. And it's a lot of fun. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Welcome back. Here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Mars. Be sure to join them every Tuesday for a new episode of Run It Again. 
All right, we're going to go on to uh, next week's games, but before we do that, I got to get your top three quarterbacks from this week. You know, I think it'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, and uh, these aren't the obvious. You know, Russell Wilson, of course, yeah. had a, you know, but Phillip Rivers, you know, big comeback that was win. A big win. Yeah. yeah, three touchdowns. You know, it's 8.4 yards per pass attempt. And for people that don't know, Anything over seven or seven five is really, really good. So you get up above eight, that's up in the, you know, unusual area. That means you're really efficient throwing the football. And a big comeback win. Uh, and I, I just think that uh, with that defense, it, things will really continue to get better for them. But I thought he was excellent. Derek Carr, because I guess they might have that buyer or whatever. But you know that big game that they had against Kansas City. Yeah. You know, he throws week. three TDs yeah. and. Yeah, 347 yards. I, I just think that this might be a big moment for him. I'm just not – I'm not convinced the Raiders are as good as maybe people think they're going to be. I, I just got to wait and see on that one. But yeah. And then, obviously, Garoppolo with uh, his performance. I think those three quarterbacks, because they're against great teams, you know, in the league, they're, you know, they, they've won some games under pressure. Obviously, Rivers, that wasn't a great team, but there was a great moment being behind like they were, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Bring him back like that. That's just classic. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to next week. Uh, we'll start with Thursday. The one in five Giants and the one in four and one Eagles. Hmm. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. I just, uh, what they've done to Giants, and I know the wins aren't there and all that sort of thing, but as I watch them, there's a discipline and an energy there that's getting better and better and better every week. Now, they're, they're not the most talented team in the league, obviously. The quarterback, he, he just kind of has a tendency to hold the ball, but they're managing games well. They're starting to run the ball really well, and I just think that uh, the other team is just too inconsistent. I just They're putting too much on Carson Wentz. They're just not good enough in all the rest of the areas. They're kind of putting it on his back and telling him to go win it. Yeah. That's always going to be a uh, highs and lows kind of a situation, so – uh, I think the, head, the Giants are headed in the right direction. Yeah, and the more you you hear that, uh, and the more you're going to hear about uh, Nick Foles and blah 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 blah. Uh, here, here's this is a game of the week. I think Pittsburgh taking on Tennessee at Tennessee. Both teams undefeated, five and zero. Should be a great game. Oh, that's that's one. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yes, indeed. Yeah. That's one you want to definitely go pay to see. That's that's a Titanic game. That might be. <laughs> That might be the best regular season game of the season. You know, that's that's really going to be a lot of fun to tune in. I, I wouldn't be – sorry. I, 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 I just think that uh, Tennessee, uh, you know, yeah, I just don't want to discredit Pittsburgh and all that sort of thing because they're running the ball so doggone well. But yeah, two physical teams are going to slug it out. Yeah, It'll be one of those one-point games, I think. Yeah, see, this is one of these games when the, when the networks and the league, they get together and do their contract and they – talk games at the beginning of the season, all that. Yeah, they, they didn't expect much from Pittsburgh, I guess. And I, I don't know, Tennessee, you know, had a nice push late. But you, you would think that this game would uh, would be a, a prime time game. You know, it's slotted for a one o'clock game from CBS. So who knows? Maybe they'll maybe it'll get moved somewhere. Anyways, uh, Cowboys in Washington, boy, it's just another – Another bad-looking game from an NFC East standpoint. Two teams that are just struggling. Two and four Cowboys, one and five. Uh, Washington football team. Yeah, they're at the bottom in just about every statistic. Mm. It's That's got the, all the markings of a pillow fight. I'm not sure where it is, but it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, something's got to happen down in Big D. Somehow, some way, something's got to happen. Somebody's, you know, and you, you can't put this on the players. You know, they're talented. You can't say, hey, have, let's have a player meeting, which I don't believe in. The, the, most of those things don't amount to much, especially when you're losing like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody, mm-hmm. if you have to have a player meeting, then you need to find new coaches. <laughs> have a player meeting to discuss the new coaches that are going to be brought in. That's, well, I think that's, that's right. a terrible thing for me to say. But no, I, but I, that's I, true, I just, Mike. I get right. angry at that because yeah, you're right. leadership. Where's the leadership? And, and maybe they're mm. subdued because of the I don't know. But somebody somehow has got to challenge these guys and make them accountable. There's just no accountability there at all. No, I say, I got to do a better deal. Well, no kidding. Really? Yeah. 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 Mm. 
Four and two Bills. Going to New York to take on the 0-6 Jets. You would expect the Bills to roll on this one. Uh, weirder things have happened going into New York. but This is a good matchup for the Bills, though. I think they'll yeah. uh, look their wounds. They should and, take care of that. And, you know, I hope yeah. the Jets play well and can win it, but I don't oh. think it's a – gonna happen uh yeah yeah uh, i don't i don't know we talked about something possibly happening with gays you you, you didn't think that would be the answer well and obviously they don't either because they haven't pulled the trigger yet until somebody can convince me that he's the problem you know <laughs> i you know there's somebody built that roster that i find him and lock him up yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They've gone through a couple GMs there in the last few years, so yeah. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, Panthers and Saints. You know, these are two teams. These are these are two disappointments to me in the NFC South. Uh, I I haven't been comfortable with the Saints all year. I'm not comfortable with the, with the quarterback's position right now. I think that team is in much more transition than than anyone in the building would ever bother to admit now they're talking about moving up to baton rouge to play their game so they can get that energy of the of the fans back in in the building and i understand that but uh, just not a lot from them and not a lot from carolina yeah carolina is still better than i thought they would be um i think uh, they're they're rebuilding obviously is a different energy there but i agree with you 100 percent. new orleans i you know sean's done such a marvelous job of coaching down there and he, they're, they're doing it with uh, kite string and tape right now. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it. <laughs> kite string and tape, and we're running out of tape. <laughs> yeah, that one's going to pick up, and it'll fall apart. But I think uh, I think Drew, uh, there's some things that he just can't do anymore. And as long as they keep him out of that realm, uh, they, they got a chance. Yep. All right. Packers, let's see if they can get healthy. They're going to uh, take on the Texans. Mm. Now, Texans just got uh, beat late there by uh, Tennessee. So, you know, they, they probably learned a couple things in that game. And that's going to be a tougher game for Green Bay than you think. Let me tell you something. Don't be surprised if Green Bay comes home with an L on that one. Okay, I'm going to jump on a limb on that one. Well, the Houston's on a surge upward. I think Romeo's done a good job with that team. And Especially on yeah. defense, they're playing. They're playing uh, uh, emotional defense. They're flying around. They're doing a lot of good things now in defense and offensively. The quarterback looks like he's uh, been reinjected with enthusiasm and confidence. So they're yeah. they're a, they're an interesting team right now. To play them, I would look at the last two weeks. I wouldn't pay attention to any other games. Uh-huh. I look at their last two games to prepare for them and not pay attention to the rest of the stuff because they're yeah. a different team than that. Yeah, you're right. Romeo Cornell, man, he, he does a good job. Been around, been around the business a long time. The Browns going into Cincinnati. Now this is a rematch. Okay, uh, this this will be Baker and, and and Joe Burrow going back head to head. Bengals are only one one four and one, but the Browns better be careful not looking at that record because this again, this team plays through the bell to the last whistle to the last minute. They stay in the game. Well, Joe Burrow is capable of doing anything. You know, he, I think, like we talked about earlier, and I think everybody would agree at this point, he's, he's. I think he's going to be a great one. He's playing really well. Um, I j- I'm concerned about Baker Mayfield's condition, whether it's how bad his ribs really are, and yeah, they got to stay connected in that running game. You know, they just do. I, I would think that uh, Cincinnati will just blitz the heck out of them. I, I would imagine they would. And anytime you get a banged up quarterback. You got to make him wince. Yeah, yeah. Uh, time may be getting short for uh, Matt Patricia in Detroit. Lines two and three going to Atlanta, taking on the one and five Falcons. The, the rumor, the rumor this past week was if they lost, then he was gone. So I don't know if that's still part of the deal this week, but that's the matchup you got there. Well, it looks like the Atlanta Falcons are starting to mend a little bit. Uh, they're playing mm-hmm. better. Uh, I think that uh, down in Atlanta, I, here's what I know about Detroit over the years: they're a terrible road team. They've always been a bad road team, and this is one. I of wonder things, why. Why is that? I don't know. I really don't know. But they just don't play well on the road. They never really have, and I think this is going to be one of those situations. I think Atlanta beats them. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think I'll go with that one. San Francisco going back to New England. New England, uh, mm, I, that last throw by Cam, that you, you got to be better than that. Now I don't, you know, I don't know if the the receiver was in the wrong spot, but I the play was there. It looked like it was there. And uh, you know, is it was it Cam? Was it the receiver? Those are the plays that Brady would make at the end of games and last drives. Here's here's the thing about Cam. In the pocket, he gets planted. You don't move your feet in the pocket, you miss throws. The other thing about Cam, he loses in the Super Bowl. All they did is they matched up, went man-to-man, and when you run with a receiver, as you know, as a corner, and you're matched up with him, it's got to be a good throw. If it's off just a little bit, it's incomplete. You know, he's a zone thrower where he can – He's got such a big arm, he didn't have to anticipate guys like a lot of people do. He can wait to see him come open almost, and then he just throws a rocket in there. You can't do that against press man, and that's his downcoming. That's his shortfall. That's that's his Achilles heel is matching up man-to-man, pressuring him. And, you know, in the past, he's made plays by just breaking and running. But you go back to the Super Bowl where, that they lost, was it Seattle? And, and that's what they did to him and confused him. And he had that look on his face in that game. That's kind of what they did. Yeah, that's a good point about feet in the pocket and color separations. That's, that's, that's what the, uh, the theory of man coverage is. Make him make a tight throw. And sure, there's some good quarterbacks. They'll, they'll put a, a ball in a, in a tight spot on you, but make them make the hardest throw possible, not the easiest throw possible, especially in a pressure situation. So well, you big, know, in, the, in those zones, Ron, you know, when you throw the ball, it can be off a little bit. The guy will reach back forward or uh-huh, right. reach down or whatever. But when a guy's running you hip to hip, you have mm-hmm. to put that ball on target. You can't yeah. be off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how the 49ers react now. How will Jimmy Garoppolo play now? You're going back east, a long trip. Uh, let's see if you can take that magic that you guys had against the Rams back east. We'll see what happens there. The Chiefs on the road again. Oh, we're playing a pretty good Denver team. And I thought they screwed that game up late. And I, I swear, why, you, they did. Why do you make that? Why are you throwing the ball like that? Especially the second interception late in the game when you've, you've got the game in the bag. You know, New England was totally frustrated. They couldn't do anything against that defense. And you got to get a feel for games like that. You just do. There's a time to take those chances. And I'm sure he has good reasons for why they called those. The first pick in the fourth quarter was that he was going to back shoulder a fade, which I just don't believe in. But he was going to do that. Yeah. But somebody forgot to tell the wide out that, you know, he didn't adjust. And it was a bad ball to begin with. And then he just asked his quarterback to do stuff he's not real comfortable doing in pressure situations. Oh, yeah, you could see that. Right, right. You know, and there's just – yeah, I'm sure they had that discussion this week. I mean, of course, I've done that. You know, made those decisions too and that you'd like to have back. But they were able to win anyway. The best thing that came out of that game other than the win was how the team responded to, to him on the sideline. Uh, yeah. I thought they, they were very supportive of him, and, and uh, it was kind of cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay going to Vegas. Mm. I think – I don't think you're going to see the same Tampa Bay team in Vegas this week. I, I, I don't think you're going to see it. I, I don't think Gronk can have the day he had at his age and then have another day like that out there. And I think the Raiders got a lot of confidence right now. Well, I'm going he, with the Raiders on this one. Well, maybe he, maybe he doesn't need that energy. There's other parts of that puzzle. you know. I, just, uh, I think defensively Tampa Bay will have – uh, some nice stuff there, if you will, for the Raiders. And the Raiders, uh, I think, are trending up. I'm still not convinced that they're as good as people want to say they are. But Tampa Bay, I think, is. And I think that the offense is just getting better every week. Defensively, I think they're real good. Yep. Four and two versus three and two should be good. And the last one, uh, this will be Monday night. It'll be the five and one Bears coming out to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. I guess a get healthy game for the Rams. And if they don't win this one, then there's, there's a, a problem. There's definitely a problem. They'll have their hands full. The bears has the bear defense has gotten rejuvenated because the offense is acting like they can play now, you know, with fools. And, and <laughs> when he gets yeah. hot, you know, when he gets yeah. hot and they start running the ball a little bit, uh, 
you know, they're a tough team to beat. But I think defensively, they show up out there and do what they're capable of and clamping down those receivers, uh, putting pressure on the quarterback. And I think that quarterback, Jared Goff, I think you have to pressure him. But if they're patient, which is impressive with Sean McVay because he is a very patient play caller. That's why I like him. Uh, he'll grind it. He'll grind it, except some bad plays. But ultimately, he's not going to beat themselves. And he'll get guys in position to make plays. It, it, it's going to be – this will be a big-time fight out there, I think. You know, it's going to be a heck of a game to watch. You know, one thing that the Rams didn't do against San Francisco was run the boot. Well, you can take the boot away. You know, you, all these bootlegs that you see at the beginning of the season, by the midseason, the end of the season, you don't see they, those they things anymore. They're yeah. too well coached. Those ends, they play it better. They don't, you know, they're just, you know, they come down on it out of the secondary. I mean, that stuff in reverses, they're all great in the first four to six weeks of the season. It's like we're screens. Yeah. You know, they're really good defenses. You don't throw screens on them. They're hard to do unless you catch them in a blitz, you know. They're just mm-hmm. – people are too good now with, you know, with there's – too much football has been played to give up these big boot, boot plays. If they do, shame on them. Yeah, they call it boot control. I guess we call it in the old school, just three games of film that we've had on you, and we're not going to let you do it. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, brother, that's it. Another, uh, another good time. Enjoyed it. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. Now it's time to turn the mic around and hear from you, our listeners. Got a question for me or the coach? Send us an email at runitagainpod at gmail.com or leave a comment on social media at runitagainpod. Be sure to join us next Tuesday as we answer some of those email and social media questions and we'll break down the return of the run game to the NFL. Don't forget to visit us at runitagainpodcast.com And make sure you hit that subscribe button. Remember, we're just two old pros trying to make you think a little. Be safe and stay healthy, everyone. Run it again with Ron Pitts and Coach Mike Martz. A Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network's production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton. Producer Ted Woods. And technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Run It Again Podcast.